Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Let's go ahead and open our Bibles and get into our study. We've got a lot of verses to cover today. Uh, 14 verses in Mark chapter 6. And let's go ahead and start reading the Word of God. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns, and they got there ahead of them. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came in, came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding uh, countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered them, you give them something to eat. And they said to him, you shall, uh, shall we go and buy 200 denarii uh, worth of bread and, and give it to them to eat? And he said to, uh, to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found, uh, they found out, they said five and two fish. And then he commanded them all to sit down in the gr- groups on the grass, green grass. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. He divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up the twelve baskets full of broken pieces and of uh, of fish. And those who ate uh, the loaves were five thousand men. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. I I do pray as we get into this message, Lord, that you would allow us to hear from you and and to uh, be able to put aside the the things that uh, are going on in our hearts and mind and and just to hear from uh, from you, Lord. Uh, We seek application. Uh, We seek... uh, to to that pursuit of righteousness that pursuit of holiness lord in our lives and and i pray lord for those that are watching online as well that you would be with them the quiet things down in the house and allow them to uh uh, to be present with you and to hear from you and lord i i ask as we get into this word this is your word not mine uh allow the holy spirit to speak through me uh allow you to be at the center uh, of everything that is done in this church lord and uh, i do pray for each individual here i lift them up uh, you know what's going on in their hearts and their minds and you know the the stressors and the things that they have going on in their lives and we just pray that you would allow all that to come to to peace as they walk through the doors today i thank you lord for uh, for this church and for this town 
and uh, for this building we do lift up Marcus and their and their business as well and uh, just thank you Lord that we're able to have church here and uh, and that we have a place to worship and so we we thank you Lord we ask these things in Jesus name amen all right so I entitled this Mark chapter 6 verses 30 through 30 uh, 44 only Jesus the compassionate shepherd satisfies only Jesus, the compassionate shepherd, satisfied. So we'll look at it in the three parts. The shepherd wants the apostles to rest in verses 30 and, uh, through 32. Uh, the shepherd has compassion and spiritually feeds the crowds uh, in verses 33 and 36. And then finally in uh, verses 37 through 44, the shepherd commands and physically feeds the 5,000. Now, this story that we're going to get into today is actually covered in all four Gospels. So in the book of John, and then in the three synoptic Gospels in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the problem with this, this, with this part of the Scripture is most people know this, whether they're a believer or not. They know the story of feeding of the 5,000. And so one of the most dangerous things for us when we dive into Scripture is the ones that we're extremely familiar with because we think we got it already figured out. And so that's what my hope is today as we dive into this is that we look for God to show us something new, you know, as we open it. You may have gone over this story since, since you were back in, in Bible school and, and as, a, as a child, you know. And, and so we want to make sure that train's coming through quick. We'll let it get by. But we want to give you the opportunity, actually, as we go through the Scripture, hopefully there'll be something that God shows you new, and I believe that happens every time we open the Scriptures. Uh, in Numbers chapter 27, verse 15 through 17, we're going to get this theme that's going to be happening throughout the Scripture of, of the shepherd and, and the sheep uh, needing a shepherd. But Numbers chapter 27, verses 15 through 17 says this, Moses spoke to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, uh, let the, Lord the God of the, the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation, who shall go out before them and come in before them, who shall lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as a sheep that have no shepherd. So as we dive into this scripture, just remember that last week what we saw or the weeks before we had John the Baptist beheaded and killed and then we also had the apostles being sent out. Well, the apostles are now returning. Uh, so they're coming back from their missionary trip and we, we see that uh, in Luke chapter 9 verse 10 it says on their return the apostles told him all that they had done. And so as we dive into the scripture... In uh, in our first point, the shepherd wants the apostles to rest. Uh, we'll see in verse verse thirty. It says the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, "Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while." Now uh, Jesus is wanting to hear from his his apostles. So they're returning from their mission trip, and from that mission trip, he's he's wanting to hear the what what God did. And so he's going to sit down with them, and as he sent them out, he taught them, right? And now he's wanting to hear, you know, okay, well, what, what happened? And so he's going to sit down with them, and he wants to hear the report and evaluate. And he's going to continue to keep teaching them and, and continue to keep discipling them and training them. 
And as we get into these scriptures, what we'll see this week is he's going to, they're as tired as they are, he's still trying to teach them. And they're not getting it. Uh, but one of the things that we do know is the apostles have been pouring out. They're tired. They're, they've just returned. And, and Jesus is wanting them to do what? Rest. Rest. And, and, and the word, and I love this word, rest in the Greek, it actually means to take intermission from toil. To take intermission. Remember those old movies they used to have? Y'all probably don't remember. Remember Gone with the Wind used to have intermission. They would have to, because they used to have these old reels that went on your phone. And they'd have to change the reels out and they'd have a five or ten minute intermission while they changed the reels out at the movie theater. Especially for the bigger movies. And, and so the, the rest that he's talking about is to, to, uh, for refreshment, for relief. It's an intermission uh, from toil. And I've said this over and over and I'll keep saying this. I don't want you to burn out. So rest is something that we all need to take. Um, and, and so because what happens is when someone just keeps going, they burn out. They burn out. And, and we see that in, in 1 Kings chapter 19, verses 4 through 8 with Elijah. Elijah had been pouring out. And we see it says, But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, It's enough now, O Lord. Take, my, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he laid down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was out of his head a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water, and he ate and drank and laid down again. He was exhausted. He was to the point of exhaustion where he, he, couldn't, he couldn't do anymore. He was at the point of exhaustion to where you're ready to just give up. Okay, and, and so intermission of toil is so important for us to take time daily, but to make time to say, you know what, I'm taking this break. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go do the men's or I'm going to go do the women's because those are breaks. You're, you're, you're refreshing, you're refilling yourself. But at the same time, that's why I go to the beach. About every three or four months. I have to. And I, I tell you all that because it's important. You have to make time to rest. Because if not, you're going to end up like Elijah. Where you're just burned out. And, and it goes on to say, but it's amazing because even when we hit that burnout point, God is still with you. He hasn't given up on you. He's still with you to try to help you get back up and get moving again. It says in verse 7, uh, the angel and the angel of the Lord came again a second time, so he's still sleeping, and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate, and they drank and went in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to, uh, 40 nights to Harub, uh, the mount of God. And so ultimately what we see is he is needing rest, right? But he's not done. The work's not done. So, you know, it's a, a great thing for us. I mean, for me, we were supposed to be here Saturday to help out do the, uh, um, the clean divine thing, but I had an incident with my body. Um, I told you I have, porphy I have porphyria, and sometimes my 
liver and I have no clue when it's going to happen. It just decides, hey, let's put oxygen in the blood. And so when that happens, it's a fun few hours. And, and so we ended up with, um, unfortunately, you know, probably two in the morning to about four in the morning of just, just doing Lamaze breathing, just trying to get through it. And you know what? I was tired. And I know from the night of worship and all, it just finally caught up to me. And when I read this verse in 1 Kings, I was like, yeah, you, you're going you're gonna to put yourself in the hospital if you're not careful. You need to rest. And so it's, it's, but thank God, I mean, Jimmy and his family came and filled in for us. Uh, Jimmy Rosas from Grace Calvary Chapel, him and his daughters came and helped out. And so we were so blessed that they did that. But one of the things I really do want you to think about is that intermission of toil. Do you do that daily? Do you, do you take time to be with God daily? Because if your life has gotten so busy where you're, you're not making that time, you need to. And I, can I tell you, I know people that have uh, kids that are in multiple sports. And they have no rest at all. None. They have one in soccer, one doing basketball, and, and then they're trying to balance ministry and balance work. And it's like, and they just look so stressed out. And, and I come from a big family. I know what it's like to say, well, you're not playing baseball this year. You'll play spring ball, they're playing fall ball. That's how that works, you know? And, and, and so at the end of the day, you gotta take time. The other thing is, is making sure you take time, you know, to, uh, to be with the Lord uh, on an extended period. Make, if, if, if going to the, I would say go to the mountains, there's no mountains there. But if you, if you want to go to the river or whatever, or go to, but make time to say, you know what, I'm going to take a drive out to the country this weekend. And I'll, maybe I'll stay at, stay at a place out there for the night. And do that. Because you know what the cool thing is, is that time that you have in the car, the best thing that I love the most is the time on the way to the beach. Those are the best conversations I have with my wife. That, that's what I need. I need to know what's going on in her heart. And she needs to know what's going on in my heart. And we're praying over stuff and talking about stuff. And every time I go, I hear from the Lord. It's every time. Because we need to rest. And so one of the things that you see is the disciples uh, were, were being pulled away for rest. And so that's important for us to get. And, and it says here, for many were coming and going. They had no leisure even to eat. And ministry can be that busy at times. But it says in verse 32, And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. So Jesus is like, no, y'all need to come away. And it's nothing that we, we're, we're unfamiliar with because Jesus does this himself. In Mark chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Then he went home and the crowd gathered again. So they're used to the crowd being there. They're used to the pressures of it. But this is different. They can't even eat. In John 6, 1, it says, And after Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tobias, and so they're, they're heading off into and heading out to try to find a desolate place to go to. And, and we know in Mark chapter 3, verse 7, Jesus withdrew with his disciples. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, Jesus withdrew, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went away to a desolate place, 
and there he prayed. So us taking rest is important. Now I think I've been here six months and we probably talked about rest probably three or four times already. So, you know, that's, that's between you and the Lord and ask God to help you with that. You know, there needs to be that daily rest and there needs to be that, that time of extended period where you go, you know what, I'm just going to take a break. I'm going to take a weekend off. Oh, and you're covered. We got you covered. So um, Isaiah and them are going to fill in for you that weekend. So I was just thinking about that. Didn't say that before, but it just hit me. See, so you can take a break too. There, we just, there's help there. You know, and that's the beauty of it too, is like people want to help out. And so we, we have a whole nother church that is willing to help. And also at the end of the day, we're blessed by that. Our second point, we see that the shepherd has compassion and then he spiritually feeds the crowd. Verse 33, it says, Now many saw them and recognized them and they ran there on foot from all the towns and, and got, a, uh, got there ahead of them. So why and how did they do this? Remember we talked about the Sea of Galilee? It's like a, uh, it's like a cereal bowl. So the sea's down very low level, and so everybody where the towns are, they're looking down at the water. And so they can see who's on the water, and they start seeing, hey, there's Jesus. Where is he going? And everybody starts following him. And so that's what happens. And so John chapter 6, verse 2 says that a huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as he healed the sick. So a huge crowd is following him. We, we're going to continue to talk about this. There's a huge crowd that just are, are there for the miracles. They're there for the, uh, uh, to see the, the thrill of seeing Jesus, but they're not there to see the Messiah. And, and so they're not there to hear the proclamation of the Word of God or the, or, or the gospel. And, and so unfortunately, the crowd was, was not motivated by faith or repentance, or the genuine love for Him. They were just there. And we're going to find out later on in John 6.15 that uh, we had 5,000 men that were there, right? That's one of the things that we, we see in John chapter 6.15. It says, Perceiving them that they were about to come and take Him by force to make Him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by Himself. And we'll see this, but one of the things that we see is the area that Jesus is going to end up in where he feeds the 5,000, this is where revolutions begin. This is where people would meet and they would have discussions and start to figure out a way to uprise against the Rome, Roman people or the Roman kingdom. It would always happen in this area. So where Jesus is going to feed these 5,000 men, they're not going to look at him as a Messiah. They're going to see him as a what? A king. And we'll, we'll look at that as we get a little bit further into it. It says, And when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. So fully God, fully man, he has compassion on them. But remember, he's tired too. Right? The disciples are tired. Uh, the, uh, the, our, our Lord Jesus is tired. He's fully God, fully man. But uh, one of the things that we remember is that there are times, I was talking to Teresa about this Wednesday, how many of us on Wednesday night were like, whew, after a long day and you're like, oh man, we got to get to church. And there sometimes you're like, man, I don't have any energy. My legs or my head's hurting or whatever. And that's the, that's the enemy, right? 
That's the enemy. But what we, we have to do is remember we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so what happens is, you know, we need to pray and ask God, hey, I need you to give me energy. I need you to help me. There have been times where I, I was having a hard time standing on a Sunday because I had to, you have to teach two services at Grace. And I was like, man, I had a, ru- a really bad night. I need somebody to pray over me. And I, I can tell you there were times where it was just amazing. I didn't even feel my leg. I didn't feel none of the pain that I normally feel from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed when I was teaching. And I was like, how is that even possible? That's the Holy Spirit. That is the Holy Spirit. And we need to remember that. We need to be connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that way, when you're tired and you go, man, I really don't have anything else to pour out, God will, God will help you through the Holy Spirit. And you can still sit there and pray for that person or, or have that talk with that person that they need to have. It's important. And, and so uh, one of the things that I love is like we, when we look at this, he had compassion on them. And he's going to teach them. And, and so um, we'll talk about that. And, and, it, and it says, because they were like a sheep without shepherd. Like a sheep without shepherd. Now, next week, we're actually going to take a break from the book of Mark. My dad's going to be here next week. And we're going to talk about the shepherd next week. And this is important in the scripture because if you don't understand who the shepherd is, and, and how much compassion He has for you and how much He loves you, you're going to struggle in your faith. You're going to struggle with doubt. And, and I love that because Jesus here, it says compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And in Psalm 103, it says, Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us, and we are His, and we are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Right, And so we see that, that God is the Creator, the Redeemer, the Shepherd, and we're supposed to submit to Him because we are the sheep. And He's going to protect us from the danger. That's what Psalm 23, verses 1-6 through 6 says, The Lord is my Shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy follows. Uh, follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 95.7 says, For He is our God. And we are his people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand today if you hear his voice. And so we are to follow the shepherd, Jesus. Jesus tells us that he is the shepherd. He's the standard. That's why, you know, we've seen that he has authority over teaching, that he has authority over casting out demons that he's raised someone from the dead already up to this point in the, in the Scripture. And he's healed all types of illnesses and disease. And he is the Good Shepherd. And he tells us that in John chapter 10, verses 11. And I'll read this because this is very important. In John 10, 11, it says, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know, uh, I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep, which he did. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. Like, do you listen to the voice of the Lord? And, and, how, and you go, well, wait a minute, I haven't heard that audible, right? You have his word. That's how we listen. And it says, so there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this uh, reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it up for me, but I lay it down on my, of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up. Again, this charge I have received from my Father. In Isaiah chapter 40, verses 10 through 11, it says, Behold, the Lord comes with might and His arms rules uh, for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him. And he recompense, uh, recompensates the before him, and he will tend his flock like a shepherd. Recompense. Lord have mercy. What am I trying to read? And his recompense before him, he will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lamb in his arms, and he will carry them in the bosom and gently lead them, lead those that are with the young. It's amazing you can read that three times over during the week, and you still mess it up. God's grace. The Lord have mercy. Uh, and then Hebrews chapter, I know this is a lot of verses on shepherd, but I want to make sure y'all get this. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 20 and, uh, through 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of eternal covenant, equip you with every good uh, that, that you may do his will working uh, in us, that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And then finally, the last one in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 4. And the chief shepherd appears, and you will receive an unfading crown of glory. And so we see there are lost sheep. They're wandering aimlessly. And, and, and we have people that are wandering aimlessly that we know. And we should have compassion on them the same way the shepherd does. Right? Uh, the same way somebody sat down and, and tried to spiritually feed you or, or to spiritually guide you, we need to be doing the same to share the gospel with people. But Jesus, what we see here is He begins to teach them. He goes straight into teaching them. And as a faithful shepherd, Jesus took care of them, pressing their, their biggest need, which was to feed them spiritually. Right? Our biggest need is not a potluck. Lord knows I love them, especially when the banana pudding shows up, right? That's the thing with grace. My sister-in-law makes the best banana pudding. And when it, that's the first thing everybody asks at Potluck, is, is the banana pudding making an appearance today at all? But we get excited about eating, right? But spiritually, what Jesus is doing is he's going to spiritually feed them. That's their greatest need. That's their greatest need. And so it, it, we see in Luke chapter 9, verse 11, when the crowds learned it, they followed him and welcomed them. 
and spoke to them in the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. So he's teaching them about the kingdom of God. Remember that back in Mark chapter 1? We talked about that when he started his ministry. In Mark chapter 1 verse 15 it says, And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. You want to know how to share the gospel? Mark chapter 1 verses 15. Share the gospel with them. They need to know what the kingdom of God is. They need to know, uh, you know that they're in sin. They need to know that, uh, that they need to repent. It's that simple. And then we see in verse 35, And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Now, first off, 5,000 men uh, with women and children. That's not in there. So we're roughly looking at about 20,000 people. Now, imagine 20,000 people coming into Divine to get something to eat. There's going to be a shortage of food, right? It's, I mean, it, it's going to happen. There's, there's just not enough, enough food to feed people. And so what happens now is Jesus is tended to their spiritual need. And he's going to start dealing with their physical needs. But what happens is he has some disciples that are tired. They're tired. And, and we, we're going to see this. He's going to test Philip. Uh, remember now, they just came off the mission field. They just saw, they've been walking with the Lord. They've seen Him heal people that have, had, uh, that have had leprosy. They've seen Him raise someone from the dead. And He's testing them now. They come out on the mission field. They were, they were casting out demons from people. And, and now we're going to see Him test Philip in John chapter 6, verse 5. It says, lifting up His eyes in then in seeing that a large crowd was coming towards him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He's, he's like, What do you want to do, Philip? How do you want to handle this? You've been on the mission field, right? You should have some kind of knowledge here of what, what to do. And, and what do they first, the first thing they do is in John chapter 6, verse 7, Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough. For each of them to get little. Isn't it funny though how we immediately go to human thinking instead of God's wisdom? They have the Messiah with them. All it would have taken is somebody to say, Jesus, can't you multiply the bread? Or could you, could you feed them? Could you feed them? Jesus already knows the answer. He's testing Philip. But we approach it with human thinking. And, and so that's one of the things we need to remember. I, it, one of the things that really was stood out to me when we did the night of worship with Sarah. It was fixing the rain. It, was, it looked like the hurricane that was, had pushed over a little bit further than we thought. We were covering equipment up because we were like, man, this is expensive equipment. We don't want to have it get broken. And then Sarah pulls Teresa aside and says, we need to pray. That's what we're supposed to do, right? It's you go to the person, or the, the God that we have, you know, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and, and you say, Lord, I need, we need help. We need that, that rain not to hit. And what it, it was amazing. It was like all of a sudden it just blew out. 
And we had, a, and, and like the Lord turned the air conditioning on. Because it had been 100 degrees the rest of the whole week. But it's, it's like remembering that in our will, we need to stop with the human thinking and start approaching it through God, right? right? We, we may not see for what it is, but God knows exactly what's going to happen, and we need to trust that. And in our last point, we see the shepherd commands and physically feeds the crowd, right? In verse 37, it says, But he answered them, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, you sh Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And so they're... Roughly looking, at, they're going to need about $10,000 during this time to feed this many people. And, and so they know they don't have it. And, and at, the, at the same time, they're kind of you know, going back and forth with Jesus on, on what they can and can't do. And he says in, in verse 38, and he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Right? And, and one of the things that's really important here is that what does the disciples want to do? They want to send the crowd away. They're tired. And they're like, man, y'all got to go. Yeah, I, I mean, just send them out, Lord, so we can have our rest. Remember, you promised us rest. But they, Jesus is like, you know what? We got to feed the crowd. They, Jesus has compassion on them, but the disciples are in their humanity. And that's why I always say when we, look at, when we look at the disciples, we need to remember we're human too. And sometimes we're like, just send them away, right? But I, I'm afraid that's what the church wants to do with people. Just send them away. They're too much of a problem. And that's not what ministry is about. Ministries, man, ministries sometimes you, you know, that famous term, hurt people, hurt people. That's what ministry is. You may have somebody that you're ministering to. I had this young kid that we were ministering to. He gave, gave his life to the Lord in prison. He came out of prison. We had this wonderful family who opened up their house and provided him a place to live. He got reconnected with his wife and started coming to church. Things were going great. And then after about a year, money problems started happening. He went back to his addiction. And you get the phone calls. Now, do I want to send them away? No. That's not what the church is about. So when you get those phone calls at 11 o'clock at night, 2 o'clock in the morning when somebody's trying to kill themselves, you're available. You need to have compassion on the sheep. And so we need to remember that. We need to have compassion on our friends and our family members that don't know Christ. They're acting ungodly because they're ungodly. The ones that may have backslidden, they still need Jesus. They still need Jesus. And so we can't send them away. That's, that's the easiest thing to do, and I'm afraid that's what the church has gotten good at. We're, we're, you know who's very good at, at uh, getting his message out right now? The devil. The devil. The devil's gospel is going out like crazy. It's, it's trapping people left and right. The gospel of Jesus Christ is what needs to be preached. That's what needs to be preached. And we can't send people away. Oh, well, they'll never come to know Jesus. So you just give up. 
And it's like, that's not, that's not what we're called to do. So we need to remember that. It says, and, and how many loaves, this is Jesus responding, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five and two fish. And so we see that John in chapter John, chapter 6, verses 8 and 9, it says one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to them, there is a boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Again, human thinking, right? And then verse 39, then he commanded them all to sit down in the groups on the green grass. Now you see, this is very important, why they saw him as a king and as a ruler, someone who could actually lead them to overthrow Rome. He's commanding this group of 5,000 men, 20,000 people total with women and children to do what? To sit down in groups and they're listening because it says, in, uh, you know, in, in verse 40, it says, so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties, right? And that would look like rows of vegetables. Going down the, the green grass. But one thing that we do need to remember is that God is not a God of disorder. Right? 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33 says, For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as all the churches of the saints. And so, God is not a God of disorder. And so, we need to remember that as far as how we see Jesus command the crowd. And, and Jesus knew what was already available he knew what was going to happen but he commands the crowd he, he he has them prepared to eat and he's going to begin to feed the multitude but notice that he did one thing he fed them spiritually first and then he physically feeds them right he taught them first and then we see in verse 41 and taking the five loaves and the two fish he looked upon to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people and he divided the two fish among them all and so same thing that's going to happen during the last supper um he's going to break the bread and give thanks and and we know that he does that in john chapter 6 verse 11 it says jesus then took the loaves and when he had given thanks he distributed them to those who were seated so also the fish as much as they wanted so he instantaneously manufactures and and begins to multiply the bread and the fish and then he has, it to, he has the uh, apostles begin to distribute it. And so um, Jesus looked up to heaven as he, as he gave thanks. Uh, and it's a reminder to us, too, the things that God has provided us. We need to give thanks. It's easy to complain, right? In, in the environment that we're in today, it's very easy to complain. You know, you, you can put on 10 minutes of the news and you'll be angry. I find myself talking to the TV. I'm like, what am I doing? Just turn it off, please. You know, it's, and the it, same thing, you pull your phone out and you're like, oh my Lord, what is going on now? But at the same time, what we need to remember is we need to be thankful for the things that God has provided us, right? And, and not get into the habit of becoming grumbling, complaining Christians, right? It's easy to do that. Verse 42, and they ate and they were all satisfied. Very important. Everybody got what they wanted as far as food. It wasn't like anybody was walked away not hungry and all. Everybody was fed. And it says in verse 43, and they took up the 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. And so everybody was able to eat. 
And it, and it says also in John chapter 6, verse 11, so also the fish as much as they wanted. So they had as much as they wanted to eat. But again, it's the 5,000 men. The 5,000 men who would have been showing up for revolution, right? Hearing about Jesus and the things that He had been doing and how He had been already communicating to the, fa the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees and responding back to them. And then now they see Him command this crowd. And that's why we see in John chapter 6, verse 14 and 15, it says, And when the people saw the sign that He had done, they said, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world, perceiving then that they were about to come and take Him by force to make Him king. So Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by Himself. It was not Jesus' time to be made king. This was not it. And so He had to leave. One of the things that they're missing is in John chapter 6, verse 35, it says, Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And sadly, the next day, the same people are looking for the handout. John goes over this in, in, in John chapter 6, verse 47 through 51. And they're looking for free food. They're looking for that handout. And, you know, realistically, the, the, what Jesus says is what they're looking for. He says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me shall never thirst. And he goes on to tell them in, in verse 47, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he, li he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for uh, the life of the world is my flesh. And so we have this huge contrast from last week, right? We had this wonderful, crazy birthday banquet, Right? Uh, with with uh, King Herod and and his angry wife Herodias, and then Salome who who danced in a way that shouldn't have been done, and they were satisfying themselves at the banquet in wickedness. And 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 we see this banquet here with Jesus, and and he has compassion on the sheep, and he not only feeds them spiritually, but he feeds them physically. And it's such a contrast of the two banquets, right? And so for us, what we need to remember is that, you know, He is our Good Shepherd. And we're going to have a study on that next week as we come in. So um, hopefully my dad, I'm sure he'll be here. I'm sure he won't want to come. But, uh, you know, he's getting older. So he's, you know, you, know how, you never know how, he, how, how our wonderful parents wake up. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. I think as long as he has coffee and some food, he'll be good to go. But um, he'll be here next week. And so we'll, we'll, we'll get, we're going to dive in. And, and I really want you all to make sure you understand who the shepherd is. Um, it's important for us. So what's our application uh, as we finish up here? So uh, first, rest. Rest is important for ministry. Okay? It's easy to get burned out. And, and it's easy to allow our flesh to come out. So has your life become so stressful and restless 
that it's impacting the, the people that you love. You need to take time to have those intermissions of toil, right? I love that. Like that's the Greek definition for the word rest. Intermissions of toil, to be restful, to, 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 to walk away from, the, from those restless, stressful situations. And sometimes it's just our, our, our day-to-day schedule. It can be a lot. Like this week, it was way too much. I, we, I was trying to finish up radio uh, for Grace, and, and I got all that done. It was a lot of radio that needed to be done. So that way I'm, I'm done with radio. And, um, but it was a lot, plus trying to get ahead of next week when my dad's going to be here so I can spend time with him and I'm not studying the whole time. i got to study before he comes so that way I'll be ready. Um, and so we need to, to, we need to take rest. And recognizing it, when, when God is showing you that you need it, you're probably past that point. He was probably already trying to show you through the Holy Spirit that, hey, you need to slow down. Okay, so that's one thing I, I pray that we can all do. And if you tell me, Mike, I need a, a season of rest, I'm okay with that. I understand that. You know, uh, it's, it's part of ministry. Second application. Do you understand how much the shepherd cares for you and how much compassion he has for you he 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 loves his sheep and his sheep know his voice right i love that verse in isaiah chapter 40 verses 10 through 11 it says behold the lord god comes with might and his arm rules from from him behold his reward is with him and his re Man, that word is going to get me again. Recompensance. Re- mm. No, it's not that one. Re- recompense. Recompense. It's a word you don't use every day. And I read this thing, like, and I'm still not going to get it. So it just shows you how, how, how we all need work still. <laughs> recompense before him. And, and I love verse 11. This is the verse I'm really getting at. As he will tend his flock like a shepherd... He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. And so I love that because it's just a reminder of how much compassion he has. There are going to be times when you're going to be going through things in life and, and the shepherd's going to have to carry you in his arms. It, it's going to happen to all of us. Okay? And, and just remember that. Don't remember how I messed the word up. Just remember verse <laughs> Isaiah 40, verse 11, right? Just remember that verse because it, there are going to be times when you may have something happen, um, a diagnosis, a death, something where you just get broken. And, and God will have to, that shepherd will pick you up and carry you and get you through it, okay? But he has that much compassion and love for you that he'll do that. Last, last uh, point. The crowd was chasing Jesus, perceived uh, Jesus to be a miracle worker. They believed that he, as he fed the 5,000, they perceived him to be a king. And on the next day, they perceived that he was a, their meal ticket for free food. Who is Jesus to you? That's something that between you and the Lord you need to answer. Is he your good shepherd? Do you know how much He loves you and how much He cares for you? 
And it's in Scripture. We went over all those Scriptures. I'm going to give you a ton more next week to show you. Um, and so if you can answer that question, hopefully by next week when we do the study on the, the shepherd, you'll, you'll be able to answer that. Um, but it is something that's very important for you to be able to answer. Who is Jesus to you? Because a lot of people perceive him to be things that he's not. Right? They, and this goes back to their time. Today, we still do the same thing. We think, well, he's just a good teacher. No, he's the Messiah. There's only one way to heaven. It's through Jesus Christ. And, and you know, they perceived him to just be a miracle worker or a healer. They thought, well, this is going to be the next king. And they were wrong. They were like, hey, he's going to give us free food. Just keep following him. He's going to keep feeding us. They were wrong. And so it's very important for us to be able to answer that question, who is Jesus to, uh, to me and to you? And that's, a, that's one that I pray that hopefully as we went through the scripture today, it may be a little bit easier and all. But let's go ahead and pray and we'll go ahead and close out. Next week is Communion Sunday. So uh, if you're watching online next week, if you want to have your bread or crackers and your juice, because uh, next week is Communion Sunday. So uh, you can have that kind of ready to go next Sunday. Um, Let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We do pray and we lift up everyone here. I pray uh, just for the Winstrom uh, business, for their, uh, uh, just Lord, that you would have your hand over it and, and that you would guide, direct, provide, do all the things that you need to do, Lord, to help them, guide them. And, and we pray, Lord, for uh, uh, just everyone here for their jobs and their work and and just uh lord bless them this week allow them to 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 feel your presence there to know that you're guiding them direct them uh help them have that rest that they need that that time with you daily lord we all need that intermission uh of toil because uh, i as americans we're always going 100 miles a minute and i pray that we would slow down we would slow down to, to hear from you, slow down to be with you. And uh, I thank you. I thank you so much for uh, that you use someone so foolish, uh, the foolish things of this world who can't even get a word correctly. Uh, but I thank you, Father God, that you allow us the opportunity to come and hear your word and to hear your worship and to, to hear the kids and, and just know that they've been fed spiritually as well and physically. We thank you. We thank you for all that you're doing here in Divine, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless y'all. Y'all can find us on calvarydivine.org, and if you need anything, please get a hold of us there. God bless. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.